You want to go ahead and talk? <laughs> Say, you're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. No. Do it. No. Do it. <laughs> Say, you're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. The WordBros.com. Welcome back to Word Bros. We took a week off for the fucking solar eclipse. The, the solar eclipse, which was just magical. Bobby well, got to see the whole thing in totality. Totality, son. Totality. <laughs> it was it a was, total eclipse of the sun. It was really like, impressive. Like Bonnie Tyler sang to him and everything. I'm not gonna lie to you. It was really neat. Like it was very <laughs> cool. I mean, just man, it was it was really impressive. Um, so yeah, so we saw totality. It was worth the nine hour drive home. Whoa. It was a long ass drive. That sounds terrible, son. <laughs> it, was, it was really bad. We left. We left for the eclipse um, at. Five, we were in the car at five twenty-five a.m. We pulled back into our driveway in Cincinnati, Ohio, at around nine ten at, at night, and we, and we were only out of the car for like two hours. It was fucking crazy. <laughs> But it was really fun. It was really fun. The kids had a great time. But yeah, so we, we took last week off, but now we'll be back every week because the kids are back in school and everything's kind of trucking along. So yes, so welcome back to Word Bros. This week we have a very special guest on. She's a really, really uh, magnetic and kind of amazing talent. Uh, she's an up-and-coming writer. She's working on things now. Her first book is called uh, Soundbox. It's out through um, Kamikaze. Kamikaze, it's a, which is a web comic, and they print at times. So um, you can go to. She mentions the website in the in the actual pod. So listen to the pod, and you will get the website. But it'll be in the show notes as well. Yeah, I'll put it in the show notes. Um, yeah, so she's got a book out. She's going to tell us all about that during the recording. Pitfalls, pratfalls, all kinds of stuff. Uh, let's just get right to it. Yeah, Kevin, here's Melissa White. Kevin's dear friend. She is my friend. She is. And you, you have good taste in friends, obviously. I do. I'm, you're my friend. <laughs> Unfortunately for you. <laughs> I'm a bad guy. But anyway, let's talk to Melissa, who's wonderful. saw some really crazy <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm on true TV yes. right now. Your, your story like, must I survived. survived. <laughs> like it's paranormal survivor. Yes. Melissa <laughs> thought you encountered with the ghost. <laughs> I can tell some ghost stories if you want. I got some crazy ones. Some weird ones. We can talk about whatever we can talk about whatever you'd like. So you think ghosts are real? Fuck yeah, they're fucking. Well, okay, I won't say fuck yeah, they're fucking real. And let me retract that statement. Okay, I sound like a that is crazy a, person. You know, as 
as definitive statements go, fuck yeah, <laughs> that's fuck, like, they're fucking real. It's, like, that's pretty it's, definitive. That's like on the nose of yeah. like, okay, she believes in that shit. So yeah. I've had crazy experiences and I've tried to debunk them. And I understand, there, I believe that there's certain like sort of psychic energy. Like if you're going through a whole bunch of shit, like that displays itself and, and presents itself and manifests in, physically in your house and shit. Uh-huh. Do I necessarily believe in like, you know, like, ghosts i'm not entirely sure but i will say that my childhood home i believe was really fucking haunted because we all experienced some weird ass motherfucking shit in that house and i will stop cursing starting now it's fine but <laughs> okay it's fine. then yes i'll curse. curse all day yeah. um but so like but i'm really convinced this some real shit because there was like a there the family that owned it before apparently were like asian gangsters uh-huh. and every all of us had separate encounters with like Asian people in the house, like ghosts in the house, and apparently there was like a shoot. There was some like yakuza level shit going on. It was a gambling house. It was a drug house, and like we all started experiencing some weird shit. I'm just saying. All right, we bought a house. uh, My wife and I bought a house from this old Filipino woman, and it had been on the market forever back in Virginia Beach. And we looked at the house. We're like, wow, this is a really nice outside of this house this looks beautiful like i don't understand why anybody wouldn't buy this and we walked into the house and every room of this house had pictures of jesus in them and i'm talking like (laughs) every room had like 10 or 11 photos of jesus like he was an actual family member it was really weird and really creepy and when we were in that house a lot of bad shit happened to us so (laughs) i think there's some weird yeah i I can feel that with you what you're saying Mm -hmm. the energies Mm -hmm. and stuff like that like it was just a weird every time i walked into that house i got a weird bug (laughs) yeah right there's i mean it might have been the jesus just like on the walls watching you yeah, we took them all Jesus down. Voting. Yeah, it was just weird. But it was still yeah. there. He was like, down, deep but, in walls. But, but then nobody fucks with the Jesus. Nobody. <laughs> that, that's what it was. It was the guy from the Big Lebowski. It wasn't <laughs> the Jesus. It was John Turturro photos everywhere. That would have been the best. I really no. love this movie, but I don't understand the fascination with John Turturro. You know, she, she turned around and said, shut up, Donnie. And he's got so many <laughs> other great films that he's been in, too. Why but just, it, was just, it was just that. It was that's what they needed, and that's what they had all over the walls. John yes. Turturro. But I feel like he would be dressed up as Jesus somehow in this. I feel like I, it works. I love John Turturro because he's one of the only people that can be in Spike Lee movies and Coen Brothers movies and does both really well. Like he, he can walk both worlds and he does it like very well. I love John Turturro. I think he's a great actor. Now uh, we're here today with Melissa White. She's wonderful. She's, did I pronounce your first name right? Is it Melissa or Melissa or I suck with this whole name pronunciation thing? Um, no, you don't. Cause that's what you do. You ask and that's how you don't suck. But no, um, it is, it's uh, technically it's Melissa, but my mom was like high on drugs when she had me. Wow. May listen. What? Yeah, I know, right? And I'm just May, like, I don't care that much. May listen. Melissa. May Melissa, yeah. May I Lissa. feel like, but when she's mad, she calls me Malissa. And I Malissa? feel like. <laughs> That's like a rap yeah. name. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> <perfect>. <laughs> it's perfect. like, that should be my rap name. Yeah. I was over here calling myself a little, like, La Trickster when I was rapping. I should have been said, I'm May, Malissa. Malissa. Get it right. Malissa, uh, you know? Uh. <laughs> just throw the uh out there yeah. in your face that would have been great now you 
I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, because you weren't focused on writing <laughs> hip hop. You were focused on writing comics. <laughs> that is That's true. Why. Well, it's yeah. probably well, hip hop too. <laughs> I did. I did. I was like the Lauren Hill of my little group. I was so good. I'm just going to say, guys, I was really good at it. Um, but no, I was. I did that. I, I wrote lyrics first. Then I discovered the majesty of fan fiction. And okay. I never looked back. Now, what, like, now it's weird to me because that's how I got started in writing. Like I started writing fanfic. What did you write fan fiction for? I wrote X-Men fanfic. Really? Very, yeah. Because X-Men, well, X-Men is what started me into comics because I was like, I love this show. It's so great. And then someone was like, you know, it's a comic series. And I was like, my mind was completely blown. So <laughs> I like, was like, ah! And I like went to the comic shop and I was totally intimidated out of it. There was just a bunch of like dudes like playing Magic the Gathering and like looking at me. And I was like, I think this is good. I don't know. I don't like the writer on this. I didn't know what the fuck I was talking about. I just ran out of there and went to the library and like read everything. Um, and so that's how I started. But my X-Men fanfic, my first one was a story about two, like, like a girl that can transport people into to different dimensions and she transports a bully and then her best she and her best friend Kitty Pride go to hell to get the bully and then they make out and do it on a mountain just for the deep demon fight. <laughs> so, like, so you're writing furries? Because Bob always thinks furries. So you're writing I do. I that mean, was your first thing? It was furries? No, no, no. no. You say yes. <laughs> but it's interesting to me that like in your fan fiction, you were writing erotica. Like <laughs> not just fan fiction, you're writing erotica too, which is... Well, I don't... Which is a whole worry about myself. Which is like my first thing. It's a whole nother sec of fan fiction because there's Mm -hmm. so much like erotic fan fiction out there. It's fucking crazy. Uh, We do we do a Star Trek podcast uh, called Door Trek, and we're up to DS Nine. We started with TNG. We did the entire series. Now we're doing DS Nine. We're in season three, and there is. DS9 amazing. Like it is it's just, so it's so fantastic. And and people that at, and tell me it's not real Star Trek, they don't go anywhere. You're a schmo. Like it's it's fantastic. It's a wonderful yeah. program. The best storytelling. Anyway, but I'm sorry. It does. It does. It does. Mm-hmm. But anyway, like I heard, there's a lot of um, uh, O'Brien and Julian homoerotic fan fiction. Oh, yeah, Tons there of, is. Tons oh, of it. Oh, like, it's so good. <laughs> you read the, are you bullshitting me? Are you reading this? No, I'm serious. I've you been there. Like, sometimes, sometimes you fall down a Google click hole and then you're just like, where am I? Oh, oh, I don't know where I have landed, but I'd like to stay. Okay. Kate goes out of town and Julian. Were you? Were you? You're like O'Brien. Don't transport me out. <laughs> don't do not do not. I'm here for this. Um, yeah, no. I just sometimes you just you find yourself there and you can't escape it, and you're just like, this is this is wonderful. This is great. But that's how that's how you find some of the best fanfics. Is sometimes you you get into a like a DS9 erotic fanfic zone, and you're just like. <laughs> God, I sound like the nerdiest person. And it's no, true. That's great. I mean, hey, whatever. <laughs> I believe the expression is whatever cheeses your macaroni is <laughs> what works. Is that the I don't know. I heard it. On, it's on a it's, beastie. It's, it's on a. It's on a Beastie Boys record. Um, but yeah. So anyway, so so you how now you said you got into comics with the X Men and your first experience 
uh, in comic shops wasn't necessarily the most positive. Uh, is that the, now other women you've talked to in comics, mm. other uh, women of color that you spoke to in comics, do they also kind of run into that kind of, uh, I guess, brick wall of male, white, nerdy, kind of dorkhood that you're not allowed to be involved in this or garbage yeah, yeah. Well, it's, you <laughs> like, know, is you it a common into, problem it, it is i will say it is a common problem i'm not trying to distract from the problem at all i think it, it, it is it's, it's just a thing you have a ton of friends and people that are into this thing and you see that that the 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 people who are the the face of it and in my case as a little kid are like you know these dude bros playing Magic the Gathering. Um, it was really hot in there, too. They were really sweaty. And it was just really scary for me. I was like a child. Um, sweat scared me. But so, like, I'm like, it was very, it was hard for me to access it because no one was talking to me and trying to, like, guide me through and be like, oh, yeah, like, look at this young babe. We're going to teach her the ways of the comics or anything. I just kind of walked in and was like, I totally know what I'm doing. I pulled out some like nonsense. I don't even know what I looked at. And I was just like, this is great. I started talking aloud to myself. Like, this is great, but the writer is not that like awesome. <laughs> right now. So don't follow me. I was, I was a terrible person. But there is, there is a wall there. And I think it, it really comes down to, at that time, you know, I was very present and aware of, of race and, and of myself and where I was and being a female and being like a, a, a woman of color, very aware of that. But still, I didn't, it, I was still young enough to have that kind of naivete of like, if someone had just said, hey, what's up? Like, let me show you the ways you're interested in comics. Yeah, you got into X-Men. I felt like it was a barrier because I got in because of a television show. Yeah. As opposed to like being like, you know, a, a comic just landed in my well, lap from uh, the gods. This fell from the sky. <laughs> from the gods. <laughs> yeah, the spirit of Chris Claremont showed up in my house. <laughs> delivered this comic to me. And demanded I learn from it and read all of its contents. <laughs> Young Melissa. Write rap lyrics and read X-Men. <laughs> I'm I praying to the Claremont. spirit of Chris Claremont. <laughs> that is my new comics god. Is like the spirit of Chris Claremont. Nice. Thank you for that gift. You, are you gonna get like a medallion, like the Catholic guy? Yeah, like, like, my mom used to have a Saint Anthony. Catholic. If you get a, a Chris Claremont one made, I think you could sell them. Like he's all like, rock. Oh, that. I mean, <laughs> we probably have to pay him some rights or something, but we should all do that. Just like Thank do one of the things where he's like blessing or like. Do you want to, oh, one of these, because I have one of these, right? Yes. Yeah, it's like, like a Chris Bowie Claremont. candle, <laughs> like with Chris Claremont, just, and he's like doing the Sacred Heart thing, and he's blessing all of the young comics people maybe to he's, just learn. Maybe, maybe he's sitting at a typewriter, but it's interesting that you say that, because, <laughs> I mean, I think re that's where retailers really play a huge mm -hmm. part gathering an audience. If you go to, and it's happened to me, because when I moved mm -hmm. from Virginia Beach to Cincinnati, I had... Mm -hmm a weird kind of feeling out period for shops. And it was the oh, same yeah. thing with mm -hmm. me being some old ass white dude, like showing up at a comic shop and looking for someone to chit chat with. And like, yeah. it was very closed off. So I think that that's where it comes to a good, uh, a good store, a good guy working behind the counter, a good, like the, like the Valkyries, mm -hmm. for example, having them kind yeah. of, you know, kind of guide you as you were saying and act as that kind mm -hmm. of, 
omnipotent force like come this way we yeah. will help you find yeah. quality books you know yeah. well it's so well, i mean it's so crazy now oh, also though if you notice the difference like because with us we're guys so when we walk into the comic shop we might be a little uncomfortable but your description of the comic shop sounded like something out of nine millimeter <laughs> with the cage opposed to like what we would Think. Oh, I remember the when I walked mm-hmm. into Comic Kings for the first time. This was a shop in Virginia Beach that I went to. I had been out of comics for a really long time, and I got back into it right around the first Civil War. And I kind of walked in, and I was fucking lost. Like I had yeah. no idea what was happening, yeah. what was going on. And I asked the dude behind the counter, I was like, "Uh, tell me about this." And he was kind of in the know enough and read enough books to kind of, like you said, steer me in a direction. But it mm-hmm. does. It takes a good. It takes a good retailer to get people in, you know. Because I've seen people walk into comic shops and just be completely ignored. And to me, that baffles my mind because that's a person that you could, if you could get them into three books a month, three turns into yeah. six, turns into nine, and then exactly they're a steady customer. Yeah. Exactly. Well, so there's this whole thing now, and I've heard this kind of debate happening where, you know, there's a, a, are these the people who come on the shows? Because shows are essentially a great way for people who've gone into the movies to now meet creators and, you know, get show content, but also see the, the source material and continue the story. Because that's how I started. I had like, you know, I watched X-Men, I wanted more, and I wanted to absorb more with my eyeballs and my brain. So I went to the shop. I found that there were more stories. You go to these shows, you see that they're artists, you see that the, you see the writers, you get to meet them, you get to excited about their work, you're wandering around and you find something that you would have never otherwise known about. Conventions now have become sort of the comic shop, but there's a conversation that's happening about like, oh, you know, these people who, and a lot of this is centered around the Harley Quinn super drama and I'm not, I won't go into the specifics of like Harley Quinn's problem, like the problematic pres- presentation of Harley Quinn and sexualization and all of the, the that conversation. I'm not going to go into that, but I will talk about the new Harley Quinns who saw those, who, who saw like Suicide Squad and was like, yeah, I identify with this. This is great. Awesome. Whatever. And now they're looking for the comics and it's, or they're trying to get more content. They're trying to Im- immerse themselves in this, this culture and are kind of being rejected because they're they're like, you know, oh, well, I'm, you know, you're just in it for this popular movie, and so you can dress up as a cosplayer. And there's been several people that I respect who have said that and kind of disparaging the, the, the con hottie who goes just for cosplay and isn't really into the culture because they're not, because they don't know who that person is or they're not into comics. But con- conventions like shops, are a great way for people to get from point A of being introduced from the media into getting into the books. Even if they don't necessarily get into that specific book or they get into other things, it's like, it's a great introduction to that. Celebrating that shouldn't be, we shouldn't be closing off the community because those are all, media has finally caught on and popularized something that we've all been passionate about before it was cool, you know? Yeah. Great. Um, we the OGs. We the OGs. It's our duty to educate these youngins out in the streets and be like, comics are cool. Comics are son. cool. Right? Comics are cool, son. And, and a read a book. The people that create the comics are the coolest ones. And that's why it's fun to do this podcast because you get to hear so many different perspectives and kind of, <laughs> and then hear people's stories about 
you know, how they got into comics and stuff like that. Yeah. So, so you got into comics because of the X-Men cartoon. So mm -hmm. that was what, in the early 90s? How old were you when that was going on for you? When did, when, when did you kind of sink in? I, I think it was like, I, I was, uh, I think I was like around like eight or so that I was oh, like, just, yeah, just, this much. I was just a sweet young thing, yep, just a sweet young you little know. tenderoni out in, like, in the streets, <laughs> just being all nerdy and shit, just like, I want to find my tribe, and I did, and I was X-Men, I had very confusing sexual feelings about X-Men. I can see that, you already told us oh about that. Oh my god. On top oh, of yeah. that. <laughs> Kitty, Kitty, um, Kitty Pride was, was your girl. Kitty Pride for some, no, but actually my girl was Rogue, I was like, I had a huge crush on Rogue, and I had a huge crush on Gambit, and I was like, sexual awakening guys these i'm feeling real feelings i'm surprised that i did not like storm as much but i thought that she was too perfect i was like she's not they never let her be a real person they always let her like they always just make her like you know she's like the like the model black lady yeah i'm like calm down she's a real person she killed all she killed a lot of people i'm pretty sure you can't do a storm without killing a, a few motherfuckers. It's just, it doesn't make any sense. Anyway. Or at least anyway. in some roofs of people's Something. houses. Something. She just, like, she can, like, she'll yeah. throw down some lightning and yeah. nothing happens, yeah, but would I mean, only affect them. Just, yeah, I mean, somebody's, somebody got some hail damage from that. They had to yeah. pay, they had to pay. Their insurance like, premiums went up. They had to pay some So, like, in that <laughs> area, wherever she is, the insurance skyrockets, and uh, everyone's really pissed because they actually, can't insure their homes. It's actually a it's question like, on some questionnaires. Like, do you live near uh, <laughs> school. Yes, that was the shittiest joke I've ever made, but I'm really happy that I did it. I'm, I'm, I'm glad, glad you, you did too. I'm glad you guys took the journey with me. That was the one. <laughs> We were, we were that, was a, that was a real adult joke. That was like, <laughs> that was <a> real adult. <laughs> like, no, for real, those insurance premiums would be sky high, guys. There's no way. Um, but Greg Pak does a, a great series on Storm. I think it was like about 13 issues um, where he really humanizes her, which I was really appreciative of. Like, he takes like 80s punk mohawk storm where she's like going through some things. And so she has to change her hair because that's what you do when you go through things. Like, you just like, you get a fucking mohawk and um and but he does it like he does it really well and i really 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 enjoy it and awesome. anyway so if anyone is out there is like yeah i want to read something cool that's like storm as a human because i feel the same way babies i got you, <laughs> I got you. Great now we, we've heard a lot about the stuff that you that influenced you and that you were into mm -hmm. but what is mm -hmm. the actual what are the things that you're working on currently and how is it going for you? How is the process coming along? And what, and what have you done that's published? Cause you did something published recently that I know you're very proud of and you want to get out there. I did. I did. I'm very excited about it because I, I love, I love, um, I love the property. I love the creators behind it. The team is amazing and they, they really are it's like a family. They do it really white. I'm um, really right. Ooh, I said they did it. They do it really white. I, I can I can edit that out. <laughs> Please do, because that's weird. Anyway, but no, they do it right. They're really great. Um, it's Kamikaze animated, uh, and I did for Kamikaze. I, I wrote a one shot, a full length one shot, 22 pages called Soundbox, and I you know, I kind of wandered into it, and I met Carrie Tupper, who kind of like herds the, the cats and keeps everybody running on time. I don't know how she does it. And um, she was wonderful, very open and very, like, just just excited. Like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, and her excitement fed my excitement. 
And having read the series, um, it's a cyberpunk dystopian series um, that's about this woman who has this incredible technology and steals a bunch of shit. And she's a woman of color. You know how I feel about women of color in comics. Yeah. How do you, um, how do you feel about women of color in comics? I don't know what yeah means. What is this? <laughs> oh, I, I, so I, I'm completely uh, kidding, by the way. <laughs> how do you feel as a black woman? How do you feel about as a black women? lady? How do you feel about other black ladies? <laughs> Um, I'm so here for, I'm so, I was so here for the project and I'm so like, I'm so here for it because I primarily, I primarily write from women of color in science fiction, fantasy and horror. Okay. Um, And so me doing, having the opportunity to do, you know, a dystopian cyberpunk series with a great series on top of that um, was really, really fucking exciting. And with a great team on top of that, Jamal... His art is really fantastic. Hank Jones does the colors and he's like, I love the way he played with the colors and the way that he lit certain scenes was, or the way that he colored them was really, really fantastic. So I, I love it. It was fantastic. That was my first thing. And it's that's coming in print too. That's great. Right? So, so if, yeah. I want, if I want to pick this up, where can I get it? Do I go to my local comic shop? Like you got to tell me all this, all this stuff. Well, we need to know that. You go, so go online. If you want your up-to-date, you're like, I need it now. My eyeballs need things now. Um, Go to Kamikaze Animated, Kamikaze, like the pilots, animated.com. Get your life right. Read the series. It's completely free. If you want a collected volume, you can purchase the collected volumes. You don't have to go anywhere. You can be in your pajamas. You can be on the toilet, which is where I buy everything. (laughs) I love not going. I love not going anywhere. Like that's my thing. I love not going anywhere and being on the it's toilet. This, this this speaks to me. It's life. It's life. So buy it from there. They're fantastic. They do a lot of great work. Um, I hope you have a chance to check it out. Um, it would be really great. Awesome. That's fantastic. And what else are you working on? That that was the other question. The second part of the question. Mm. You pitching? You pitching? Who are you pitching? What are you pitching? I am pitching. I just got the art. Guys, I'm really excited about this because the art is really fantastic, and I'm so excited to work with Ben Worrell. So Ben um, is an artist. He works with Sheaf Comics. Uh, it's okay. his like it's his shop. He runs it. He he does he does the full gamut of comics: art, color, letter publication like gets it together he does everything and so for some reason he was like hey i like this idea like let's work together um and we're working on a story that i have called nightmare it's about a young woman who realizes her night terrors are actually the you know the night terrors that she experiences are real and she's traveling to a very horrible terrifying reality um demons dr sleep carries a bone saw, lots of horror violence. So I think anybody who's into lesbians, women of color, ass kicking, demons, um, (laughs) shady government figures, more demons, um, alternate dimensions. I think people would really, hopefully they really like it. Uh, If not, well, fuck, I did it. I like it. I love your your energy and your attitude about that. Like, it's just, like, the way you're just selling it to me, it's like, how can I not enjoy it? I don't even know if I'm into any of those things, but the way it's being presented to me, it's like, I can't say no. 
you, know, think, like, you think that if I pitch it that like that, I'm like demons. <laughs> I sound like John Raphael. It has to be in person. Like you wrapped it basically, so you should wrap it. You can't write this down. This has to be done in person. Like, yeah. yeah. And, like you need somebody behind you. You like you need like a flavor behind you going. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's good when she does it because it's just it's so. It's better. It's like, oh God, what oh is happening here? <laughs> exactly. Like, do I want this? Or, or maybe it's maybe some of it's the setting with the lighting and the the camera oh, yeah. and all that stuff. This, like, it's like this like mysterious true TV like I survive lighting that I'm watching right now. <laughs> Demons. I feel like I should. You know what I should do is I should record a song like a song pitch and just send it to people and just like it'd be like totally '90s style. If you're I hear you know, that was the cadence on that too. It's just really, really well done. I was really. It was happy. impeccable. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad that you appreciate it. Are you guys gonna pick up this comic? Now? Oh, yeah, yeah. What choice do I have at that? Oh, at this point? Oh, After Jesus. that sell, I mean, I'll publish the damn thing. I don't care. <laughs> I mean, now, no, now p- pitching for you. How does that? How is the process? How does it go? How? Because everybody has a thousand different pitch stories. Kevin and I are currently wading through the waters that is pitching comics to companies yeah god is it just a fucking worst thing in the whole wide world how do you keep yourself sane how do you do it because i have a struggle with it and kevin just i don't think he cares about anything really (laughs) i'm just nonchalant like a black hole of emotion he's so cool just he absorbs all of it into his beard and he feels like his heart fires with it like actually that's how his beard grows. He just sucks all the negative feelings and the beard grows. Actually, every time a child cries, I rub my beard against it. It's like a filter. Maybe like just filters it all. But yeah, so how do, you, how do you deal with the madness that is pitching? You know what? I, it's, I've been really lucky to have built, like, met some really fucking wonderful people in comics who are, you know, at different levels who are like, you know, but really supportive and really there and kind of like when I get back some negative feedback or I don't hear anything back, like they are just like, you know what, don't worry, boo, like keep it going, like, you know, and actually giving me real feedback and actual community. So I would not be anywhere in comics. I didn't even know I could do comics had I not met the community that I met, honestly. It's straight up. The community has been so supportive of me doing my own thing, and be, me being like a nerdy weirdo and being like my people, and they're like, "Come on in, yeah, it's a party." It's like I showed up at the function, you know, and everybody's like turning up. It was great. <laughs> that is that is the cool part about comics, I think, because as you were saying, it is like a it is like a wonderful tribe of just just kind of love like you just get it from people like just strangers and just people who yeah. see what you're going through on all levels of the ladder yeah. you know like exactly. some, of, some of the more empathetic people seem to kind of look down more and go i remember that you know what i'm saying like yeah. if you're yeah. too high up you just don't give a fuck either way you know what i'm saying <laughs> Yeah, you're doing you're doing your own thing. You're yeah. in your own little stratosphere, which is fine. Like you're yeah, busy. Which is awesome. Yeah, you're busy. The yes. legit, like when you're at that level, you were legit slammed with a whole yeah. bunch of things. Like I, I get it. it, and then I hate it. You know what I mean? Like I want to. Everybody wants to be there, but it's just it's just nice to see just people get together at the bar after shows and kind oh, of and just just have those convos about just life and comics and the fuck and these guys are 
Oh, exactly. First, you know, I know. And this is like a two that's so I'm not, I'm so super fresh and new. I'm like a fresh young babe out in the, you know, the freshly fallen snow. I don't know what the a comic tenderoni, if you will. I am, I exactly, you know me too well. You know me too well. I'm a comic tenderoni. And so, like, as a tenderoni, um, you know, speaking as a tenderoni. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> like he didn't believe you? No, like, no, I did. I'm just going. Uh-huh. That, uh-huh. that new edition, like that new edition. Brian no, 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 no. Tenderoni is Bobby Brown, son. Don't sleep. That is not this new edition? No. That is Bobby oh. Brown. That is from his solo record, Don't Be Cruel, that came out this when I was true. a young little kid, and that was my shit. I used oh, to so you were also a tenderoni. A tenderoni. I, I, I was very much. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I'm just I'm, I'm laughing at Bobby. Like, also, I was a tenderoni. That was Bobby, um, Bobby Brown was the shit, dude. I mean, there was nothing better than Bobby Brown. Like, he was, I mean, man, he was amazing. And then he just kind of... Fell off. Yeah. Like, yeah, he just kind of stopped. Like, <laughs> kind of hell of a drag. One of his last songs that I really remember liking was that, if it ain't good enough, I'll work harder. I keep pumping every minute. And that was kind of the last <laughs> real thing I remember him doing. And then I saw him on stage a couple months ago with New Edition, and he was struggling. Like, he was fat and, like, not yeah. just, like, this dancing shit sucks. And he's just kind of leaning over like, Whoa, I need a break. I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what happened. If you like, if you're not out there in these streets working hard, like you, you're, you're singing and your, your, your boy band atrophies. You got to activate yeah. that muscle with practice. And he's not been practicing. Also, he's been through some things like yeah, some real, wife. real things. And then his daughter too. Yeah. That was some real shit. Like, yeah. You know, I, I mean, I I can't judge his life. I don't know it, but I mean, also but everything that I've seen. Bobby, um, Bobby Brown was a big part of my like seventh grade life. <laughs> really? Oh yeah. You definitely. were that kid that was just like I love Bobby Brown. Yeah. Like yeah, dude. Yeah. I was in seventh yeah. grade. I was in Madrigals. Chorus. I was in chorus. Yes, I was really chorus, and I wore a fucking cummerbund and did box steps and all kinds of shit, and like. <laughs> I love. Are you going to lay some vocals on the track? No, I can't. My voice is shot from smoking and drinking and talking too much. It's not. Uh, I'm more Tom Waits at this point than Bobby Brown. You know what I mean? He does a great Tom Waits when doves cry. I I do. I I do. I enjoy enjoy singing, but that's the private me. You know what I mean? That's mine. That's my gift to myself. Forever (laughs) Tom Waits style. You haven't lived in things. How are you going to? How are you going to tease me with this beauty and splendor? Next time I see you at a show. Granted, you're in L.A. now, you know, which, and, you know, hopefully, hopefully know. pass will cross eventually because you're, you're good people. And we liked you instantly. Like you were just, we met you at Virginia Beach a couple years ago. At Tidewater, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you were at Tidewater Con and you just mm-hmm. had like, you had this great energy and this great vibe and it was just a lot oh, of fun to be so. around. You know? And, and I, I know, think you also are attracted to that. So, I mean, I can't wait to see you on the other side of the table kind of doing your thing because I think you just have such kind of a natural charisma, if that makes sense. Oh, thank you. You're so sweet. Hopefully, I mean, at this point, I, you know, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I didn't know, about, like, I didn't know that I could really like do this and everything, but a meeting Tidewater was my first ever like show where I was working and I was like you know okay I'm like at a con or whatever and it was a perfect con for me so that was that was my first introduction and you guys are part of that to start the little love set you guys were part of that because (laughs) talking to you and having fun and being like oh my god there's like cool people it's not just like weird and awkward I can like 
vibe in this zone and like like talk and have great conversations and talk about comics and talk about things that I love um, with cool people. What? I can do this? <laughs> and um, also too, like, I can, <laughs> I can get drunk and like smoke all these cigarettes and be like an asshole and you guys are like, yeah, <laughs> my people, my people. And I'm like, all right, here we go. This is my neighborhood. This is where I live now. Um, so yay, thanks for that. Um, and thanks for being wonderful, cool human beings. And talking all the shit about me that you did. You guys were giving me a hard time. <laughs> no, time. I wasn't there for that because I, I had left. Uh, that was, oh, that was yeah. oh, yeah. That was all me. Try to sidestep. No, I wasn't there. Kevin uh, Kevin told me everything that happened later the next day. Uh, yeah, he I, left. Yeah, I had previous. No, I, well, no, the, the, the nonsense side, you were a good, responsible human person, and I <laughs> applaud you for, for your ascot and for... <laughs> That's what sold me. There was an ascot. Involved. I mean, that's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> I mean, I I had somebody ask me. I was at a show, and I don't remember which one. Yeah. And this fella came up to me, and he's like, "Why are you wearing an ascot?" And I was like, "Dude, I'm in a fucking convention center with people dressed up like fucking Batman and Spider Man, and and there's a thousand Harley Quinns and like everybody's in costume. I'm just wearing an ascot because why, why not? Like this is the perfect place for it. You know, yeah, this like is when you, this is your time for your yeah. ascot. Okay. Yeah, it's, just, All right, respect. It's, just, it's just silly. It's a silly thing to do. Um, and I really enjoy it. You know, like you, you, why are you wearing yeah, several different ones? Yeah, I've got a, I've got a really nice scarf that I wore. Uh, I look like Mr. Furley from fucking. Oh, really? <laughs> so I missed out on that. I saw like, I saw two ascots. And when I first saw the ascot, I was like, this dude is wearing an ascot. Obviously he's cool. No. Clearly he knows about <laughs> life and yachts. <laughs> yachts, yes. <laughs> I mean, you know, you don't. That's how he rolls. He's a big time. Look at that dude. Me and Kevin. I mean, that's how we live. Like, we're the four horsemen of comics. My like, that's what we do. You know? Like, that's just, that's our life. You know, like limousines and jets and yachts. And yachts. And, and yachts. just like. And, and shrimp cocktail and shit like you that. Know, you guys are about to tear up and turn up on some yes. shrimp cocktail. That's, sometimes you just need some oysters. You like the finer things. That's, yes. I'm about that. You know, we like, we like uh, mineral waters. You know, all of, water, all of our waters have bubbles. Only poor people have bubbles. This is just. That's for poor people. Yes, we have our water with bubbles yes. and maybe a dash of lemon. Yes. I like, um, I, you know, you're trying too hard. Oh, I like oh. lime myself. <laughs> or maybe a, maybe a, maybe a cucumber. A cucumber. <laughs> cucumber. Now that's some fancy shit. It's so you refreshing. put lychee in anything, y'all put some lychee in everything, don't you? Because that's the fancy shit right I, you there. Know what? I don't even know what that is. That's how fancy it is. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have time for that brick shit. <laughs> <laughs> no. Caviar eating, yacht riding, ascot wearing. <laughs> Um, you know. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. Oh Lord, y'all are a mess. Y'all we are. are a mess. Um but 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 you love us. So um yes. for other women that want to get into comics and they need that gateway drug, who are your Ooh. comic book heroes? Uh either Ooh. now or you know, there you go. See Ooh. that's a good question. There you go. Boom. Lay it on me. Um 
Hmm. So <laughs> I've always loved, actually, you know what is hilarious? Um, I got to meet Gail Simone. I've always loved her. I always thought that she did fantastic work. And I got to meet her and I was like, I'm such a fan. Oh my God. And I like was freaking out. And normally I'm cool. I could see somebody and be like, whatever, like you're a human person, whatever. But I saw her and I got to meet her and I was like, oh my God, I like, I love your work. I love your work so much and um she was really cool and she was like oh like do you write and i was like oh i write you know but i'm just like a writer whatever i just like played it off like as nothing and then um and then she was like no you should totally do it like what the fuck and she followed me and she was really encouraging and i was like okay cool um this is all on the heels of like meeting all these great people and finally finding my tribe so i've always been a fan of her she and she encouraged me to write um also, this is weird because I also met her at a show, Kelly Sue DeConnick. <laughs> she, I feel like I'm like the black lady version. Like I'm like a black her. That's really bad. If that sounds really bad, think it. Sleep on this, and then if it sounds really bad, just edit it the no, fuck I mean, out. I mean, I, so, Melissa, I'm like, I can't edit this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, are we even doing this thing? Where I'm just gonna cut everything out. <laughs> just cut, uh, cut this entire interview work, out. I get what you're saying, though. Her work speaks to you, like it what she, what she's me. doing in comics speaks to you, and that's 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 great. And, oh my god, you know. I'm, I love her. And, I, and I'm sure, and I'm sure if she oh. ever heard this, she would be honored to hear that, that her work uh, can affect someone in that way. So please. You told her, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. I did. I, I told her that and I curtsied in front of her. No, I curtsied in front of Gail Simone. For some reason, I became that bitch that curtsies. I don't know where the fuck that came from. And I was on my Victorian level shit that day. But I met Kelly Sue to. Deconic with Kevin and I was shaking <laughs> afterward and he was like are you okay <laughs> and I would like freak the fuck out well, um, look, that's fair. how bad she was she needed a hug it was so cute she was like <laughs> I'm Kelly Sue is Kevin's lady. Like he is, and then like yeah. they, yeah. like she, I mean, I, like Kevin has yeah, like, like this, like a, like, yeah, he just has that way about him. He's got a way about him, you know, like, like people like, just like you, Kevin. It's very strange. No, she's she's just super nice. I don't she think it's me. Nice. She's just super nice. Yeah. Like, she's, like I was like, oh, nice, but also she remembers you and she says hi to you and yes, all the does. other good stuff. So I mean, it's very. It's I think it's so sweet of her. Like it. Like every time I see her and she waves, like it touches my heart. And I go, oh gosh, she remembers me. That's so nice of her. Like she doesn't have to do that. She could be like, who are you? She's like, like a fucking like, monster. Like when you, I said, she's a fucking monster. Like when you read her books, you're just like what the fuck you know what i mean there's just yeah that, yeah it's it's crazy yeah and, and oh, she's so man. cool though like it's so yeah. weird because she's so cool about it like you talk to her and i'm like oh she because because when i had her I, when i was talking to her about bitch planet she goes let me ask you before i sign this and she's like this is how i determine my my real bitch planet fans from from the fake ones and i and she goes who's your favorite character and i said i'm a penny roller and she was like pound it and that yo penny roller though is is the dopest character like ever she's so dope she's so dope she's such a badass because that issue that was all about her when she looks oh at the my mirror, god it was like, so and she's like, like and I'm she like, just accepts herself and is like fuck it and fights for herself actually physically fights for herself it's so good that is so yeah. re- it's so underplayed nobody really talks about this and i feel like i when i read that issue when i read that issue i was like 
Like, you can, and she had a quote on her Twitter, because I totally follow her, but she was like, you know, it's not that you're, I'm misquoting this, but it's like, it's not that you're a fan of the writing, it's like something about the writing is a fan of you. And I was like, because that spoke to me in a real way, and I was like, I had all my feelings, I was like, oh my god, I'm just being myself, and I had a whole thing, I like cried, I drank some wine, it was, I had some ice cream. No, I read it, and I was like, that is so good right there, like the first time I read it, and I went back and like, read it again like bobby mm-hmm. and i were talking about this last time when you read something really pointed or poignant in comics mm-hmm. that sticks with you you go back mm-hmm. and read it again yes. to like yeah. see what it was that mm-hmm. got you about that scene and it was the fact mm-hmm. that everybody was down on her and telling her she was she won't shit and then she looked in the mirror and was like nah son i am mm-hmm. shit and i was mm-hmm. like that's it yeah. So this is a point about, the, I think, about the difference, or, or I won't say the difference, but this is a thing that writers do, is when you read something that's, that stands out, that, n- like, nails you, and nails, it gets you invested, you go back to it, you reread yes. it, and you dissect it yes. immediately. Yes. Like, you have to tear it apart and say, how the fuck did you do yes. that? How you did were, you get me there? You reverse engineered. Um, I did that. Exactly. Like, I, I read the first issue of Four Kids Walk Into a Bank, and I read it, and I just started again. I was like, "This is fucking gold!" Like, oh yeah, it's it's just one of those it's, things. It's just amazing. Yeah, and you just and you're just dissecting it, and that's what you do, and that's what like Kelly. I, I've seen Kelly uh, Sue on Twitter just kind of, and that's the beauty of social media. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, fuck all the. I mean, it's depressing to read and all the all the mm-hmm. shitty political news and all that stuff, and but mm-hmm. Twitter can be such a wonderful kind of goldmine for just comic people just laying out advice and just going, this is what you should do. And mm-hmm. Kelly just did it recently where she's like, this is the five steps or whatever. And one yeah. of them is just reverse engineering comics, you know, something that you enjoy, something that you think is terrible. Go back and go, yeah. how could you make this better? You know, and that's exactly. all part of growth, man. Well, it is it, totally. And it's like, I feel like if I were going to tell, I'm not saying that I have any right to tell anybody anything because I don't, I really have not done very much to warrant such a thing. But I mean, every every opinion matters. I mean, you have your own abilities. You have your own feelings about comics. You have your invested in it. I mean, yeah, dude. Who and you write more than like, just comics, Melissa. Too. Think about that when you you write. I mean, you write in twelve bars, son. You write in the, the, <laughs> the dopest hip hop rhymes in the in the streets. You just. I'm it. gonna be like the hip hop pitcher. That's yeah, me. It's like yeah. I'm just gonna pitch everything in like in rhymes. But Demon. I like. <laughs> uh, I do like if I were going to tell anybody anything like about it's especially because I write short stories and I write novels and I've like I've written movies I haven't like none of these things like my short stories and have been picked up my novels not yet but movies almost happen so I'm not like I just write a ton of everything anything that I can write I do but in terms of reverse engineering something and like obviously it's the legwork you have to put in the legwork but if you love something however you choose to do it whatever gets you in that zone to meditate on a piece that speaks to you or that angers you or that makes you cry or makes you feel emotional how whatever elicits a strong enough response when you read it sitting down and meditating on why you felt that way what were the exact things that said writing them down and then literally practicing doing that is the only way that I've developed that I've developed personally when I started writing comics I was writing them and like kind of like overly describing the difference that it's made from me just practicing writing comics reading free absolutely free comic scripts 
from uh, various styles from various people because they're so free. They're so online. Get, if you're trying to write, get it, go online and download a script. It's so easy. And I just started copy doing the same exact thing and taking that with a comic that I've read that I enjoyed. Actually, I did that with like the first issue of Revival um, that's written by Tim Seeley. I loved the Revival series. And also I did it with uh, Black Cloud. I did it with Sandman where I like, I took all these, even ones that I like, I didn't like as much. I'll sit down and take them and be like, all right, this is how you did it. This is like, or this is how I would do it. And some things lined up and some things didn't. I started learning about the different, like how to place panels just from doing, from an example. Right. So if anybody's out there looking how to do it, download even, a free comic script. Even in shitty comics, like I, when I was sitting in, Sophie mm-hmm. and I, my daughter were reading, well, I forget what we were reading yesterday. We were reading before, uh, bedtime and I'm reading the mm-hmm. comics to her and I'm explaining to her what's happening on the panel. It was, uh, mm-hmm. it was Spy Seal. Great book. Spy Seal was a lot of fun. I don't know uh, if you yeah. read Spy Seal. It was cute. It was fun. It wasn't all yeah. HD as I thought it was going to be, but it was still yeah. interesting. Yeah, it's a good book. And the one panel mm-hmm. where... Um, uh, oh, the, I can't! I can't remember the main character's name. The seal is chasing the guy who's at the play, and I'm explaining to my daughter, "Look at all the actions going towards the next page, so your eye keeps mm-hmm. going that way." And here's the page turn, and she's like, "What's a page turn?" And I'm like, "Well, what does it sound like it is?" And she's like, "The reason to turn the page." And I'm like, "You know more than half the fucking guys selling comics in Artist Alley. Like, you get yeah. it. it. Has to be a read." turn that page and you mm-hmm. learn that from just reading and dissecting books that's the one thing i will say about reading comics digitally that you lose is you lose mm-hmm. the page turn because it's just you're just flipping you're just scrolling mm-hmm. on a on a mac on a on a tablet you lose mm-hmm. that page turn you lose mentally where that is um but yeah oh, there, there's nothing that's better that is really interesting <laughs> Um, because they, it's it, because you don't have the traditional layout of like, you know, the page turn or always is going to be on your, what is this? I always get confused on your even pages. Um, you don't have to have that. And also too, you can fit more on a page so you can have as many, like you can have a lot of panels unless it's going to go to print and then you have to like work with your, your averages, you know, yes. but I, it's a little different. It's a little different writing for web. A web comic series, which like Kamikaze is a as a web series, but they also do like they print collected volumes and they they sell those. Um, it's like how do you like figure out what's going to? I use my traditional page turners, but does that? I, I always wondered that. I was like, does it work the same in web comics? I don't know. You guys are writers. Tell me. What you're um, well, I see. I don't have a lot of experience writing web comics, but I can. I tell don't read them. So. I read some web comics and they do a good job where they, they kind of leave off to the next panel where conversations end. So you want to keep going, but I'm talking about like reading a comic, like on Marvel digital, like Marvel. Yeah. Like I love the fuck out of some Marvel unlimited. God is such a great app. It's, it's nine bucks a month. It's amazing. But you do, you get one page at a time. And like, sometimes I lose that page turnout because that you just, because you're just looking at a a page on a panel, you know, a page on, tablet you know yeah, yeah. I don't have yeah a tab- you know, every every page is a page turn because you're just swiping see i don't have a tablet which is why i don't read digital i love digital getting one. yes yeah, i'm gonna get one because i don't want to keep cluttering up everything with everything but i buy everything mm-hmm. in print and bobby always mm-hmm. makes fun of me for backing kickstarters and stuff like that because i get everything in print because i'm like oh i'm gonna send you the digital pdf and i'm like i don't want to read mm-hmm. it on my phone so 
um, because you can't really see as much. And then you're doing this. Oh, okay. I see what's happening now. You also got them old ass eyes, Kevin. You got Yeah, I do. (laughs) (laughs) You need to get some glasses, Kevin. I don't know why you're rejecting the glasses life. I say is I need glasses and I don't wear them. I'm only supposed to wear my glasses. See, now here's the thing. I do have glasses, but I went to the eye doctor and the eye doctor says that I'm- You have a magnificent beard. (laughs) 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 She didn't say that. Look at this and it's like, oh, but your beard. Focus. (laughs) She's like- you uh, you gotta so wear your, <laughs> <laughs> you gotta wear them at night and just to dry because that's the only time. Let me smell it. <laughs> <laughs> you you did that though. See, well, every time I hug Melissa, she shoves her nose in my beard like she wow. really does. Yes. That's not. Does a it lot. always smell so exotic? Well, I mean, like he does have exotic. like a be- he has a beard like like it's a familiar like it, I'm a wizard and this is. <laughs> I've seen I've seen him prep for the day and you do have like a like a sense for your beard right like you you put a scent in it like it's I put beard oil in yeah he's got beard oil yeah. so he wants See, but yeah. he's doing it right he's doing it right though because like but, sometimes you like get up on a beard and it, like it claws your face like you just got into a fight with a cat it's just well, the like, whole idea of the of the beard and oil. he dies it he dies it <laughs> forget that he dies that fucking oh, yeah I know he told me about that look at he's so like he's so like why are we talking about my beard so much right well, it's good. now and you said but you did say you'd shave it once you get published and you will be published in the if anthology so that thing's gotta go I'm but, just but, but that was i mean published like we get something yeah, son, published up. is picked that guy that's a he's too attached to the beard yes, he was no, making I'm not, promises i'm not gonna do it, gonna do it it's, yet I'm it's your vanity <laughs> <laughs> Um, like God, Chris Claremont says. Well, cause the, okay, wait, hold on a second. I have to explain the beard oils to, to people that don't know. Like your skin gets a dry underneath there. Oh yeah, if, yeah, yeah. And if you don't put beard oil or something, because like, I didn't when I first had it, and like when you comb it out and stuff, you're like getting beard dandruff, which is weird. Like yeah. and you're like, what the hell? Um, nobody wants beard dandruff. It's kind of weird. <laughs> it's kind of weird. I won't lie. Like the first time I was like, what's going on? And so. Um, Someone's like someone else that had a beard was like, "Do you use beard oil or beard balm or anything like that?" I'm like, "No, I've been putting lotion in there. They're like lotion works for a little while, but once your beard gets a certain length, your beard just that's sucks how, up the lotion." That's who, who how you the, get ashy. You're putting yeah. lotion in your beard. Don't put no, lotion. No, I, I don't do that anymore. That's the beard. Oil. Oil. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, he got that advice from Santa Claus. The beard counts. <laughs> <laughs> It was like actually the great Chris the beard. It was actually the spirit of Chris Claremont handed me an X Men book and beard oil. I don't think he's got, I've seen him a purse. He doesn't have a good. He doesn't have a beard. Fix, fix your life, Kevin. <laughs> yeah. Nah, Chris he's Claremont like doesn't have a beard. He's got like a yeah, little wife. Like, like maybe he has like an old man. Like, like it's more like beard. a yeah. stubbly, like trim situation. It's not yeah. like a full on hipster man. beard. Like I don't even think Kevin's is a hipster beard. And it's I no, love his. Because he wears black shirts, so it all just kind of like this, just this collection of shadows that starts at his lip and just goes down, like, like goes like, down into the like. It just it's it's very reflective of his like. His beard is like a mood ring, yes. and his mood is always dark and yes. and it's kind like, of dangerous. He wears a veal that starts, <laughs> and just goes all the way down. Face veil, a veil of shadow. Kevin is a veil of shadow. He actually is because it all just kind of blends in, like blends in. Yes. It's like a cloak. It's part of his cloak. Yeah, it's I like it. yeah, it's like cloak from Cloak and Dagger. You don't know how big it is. It's just this, exactly, you know? it's just like this giant, like hairy cloak of of beard, of basically. Man. This big hairy cloak of man. I'm just like, 
I want to. I want to touch disgusting. it. No, no. You sound mysterious and brooding. You're like, yeah. like the David Boreanaz of beards right now. You sound like some, you sound like somebody everybody wants to hang out with. That's what I think you sound like. But yeah. So, so are you? So do you have currently anything out there in the um, in the ether? being pitched at the moment that we could give some good uh, vibes to or are you just uh, kind of are you just kind of collecting your nuts and working hard and then you're going to send everything out soon so i am on the verge i, I was talking about nightmare which is uh which is Demon. fun <laughs> demons uh <laughs> just like basically that's all it. i do have a, a good called demons i do have like a comic called demons which is hilarious but um but no Demons, Nightmare. Nightmare is awesome. And that is being worked on by Ben Worrell. You said that, yeah. We're almost ready to pitch. Uh, It is also possibly being lettered by uh, Taylor Esposito. I've heard good things about him. He's a fantastic and wonderful person. Um, And so, yeah, we're we're working on that. And I already have some people interested in it. So hopefully – I'm going to be at New York Comic Con this year, dancing around, um, getting more nightmare commissions from fantastic people. I really want Ben Templesmith to do a leather face. That would be great. That's cool. I think he would kill that shit. But anyway, but so um, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be talking to some people. Hopefully, please send me some good juju. Of course. That it works out. Of course. We wish you nothing but the best. The word bros, the, the word bros are fully supportive of, of your efforts in this business. Um, I know you're good people. Uh, you've said nice things about Kevin and I's work, which I think is silly and un- unnecessary. <laughs> oh, no. How dare I do that? Know, like one of the things you should do as a writer is have other writers read your stuff. Yes, so. that, is, that is key. That is key. Um, and Melissa graciously volunteered to read scripts but she goes you have to read mine too and give me a critique and i'll tell you what i think you need to work on and you can tell me and we have done this now for how long melissa it's a while oh man we've been friends for almost like a year and a half now so i would i thought it was closer to two but yeah like okay okay i mean i guess being friends with me feels like a marathon i guess Uh, You're right, wonderful. You're right. <laughs> um, but but we that that was something she said like, well, if you have something you want me to read, I'll read it. And then and then I was like, well, yeah, sure. And then she was like, but you have to read my scripts too and give me the same. It's only fair. It's only fair. So I was like, no, that's totally fine. I will do that. So we do that for each other. And I have read probably three or four of Melissa's scripts now, um, and they are they're all really well done. And then I will write notes as I read them and then send them to her. And then she'll, she actually takes critique really well and then she'll do the yeah. same. So yeah. it's, it's actually something that's very um, helpful for both parties involved because uh, most, most of the time that scripts are being written, it's Bobby and I script that she's yeah. reading. Yeah. And so I asked Bobby if that's yeah. okay first. So you have to be respectful to your co-writers and, and your other collaborative partners. She's like, yeah, sure. And send it along. And then I say, well, this is what, <clears throat> She said, what do you think about that note? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I can see that. Or, you know, 90% of the time, that's where you're going to be as you can, because you don't think about it the way it is when you put it out there and then you, somebody else reads it and they go, oh, well, I think this is cool, but why is this happening? Or they, they, mm. they question some of your choices. And yes. then you, then you go back and question yourself and go, hey, that's, that's totally, that's totally true about what I wrote. 
So mm -hmm. um, I, I believe it's helpful. Mm -hmm. um, having, having you guys or having you like read and having the kind of collaboration that we have in terms of like supporting each other is always fantastic because that's what helps me be like, oh no, I can do this. Even when like I get like, I don't hear back or I get blown off or whatever like that. And I'm just like, I'm going to keep writing. And you guys are there like in the ether and you're still writing and you're doing cool things and, and doing fantastic work. And then I get to be like, yay guys, you're so wonderful. Um, <laughs> and then, and then you do the same, like, kind of like, woo, you can do it. That's, that's part of being in the community. And, yeah. and that's what, that's what keeps you in it is that kind of feeling. Cause it's a lonely, it's a lonely kind of grind because every yeah. day feels longer than the next. And, you know, every, yeah. and it sometimes it feels like every success is further away, you know? Mm -hmm. So when you have someone that can kind of buck you up and kind of get you back into it and get you back working, that's always a, a wonderful right. feeling. And, and Melissa's so positive. She'll be yes. like, this is no good. Like, this is really good. Like, that's one, one time she's like, I have like two notes because this was so good. Like, that's what she said. <laughs> she was like, I loved every second of reading this. And I was like, oh, that was really nice of you to say. Like, I didn't expect that. I was expecting way more. She goes, no, no, no. It's really good. I like to be honest. I like to be you honest. To if be. I'm feeling something, if I'm feeling something, I'm going to tell you that I'm feeling it. And I'll give you the notes of where I think it. And, but that's what you do. Like, that's, that's, well, so writing is such a lonely endeavor too. It's yes. like, or it's a solitary endeavor because you're just like in your, in your little place, in your zone in the middle of the night because you have to work because you're grown folk and you need to pay your bills. Um, but the middle of the night, you're tired, you're writing away and you're by yourself. No one's over your shoulder, like pumping you up to do it. The bed is calling you. Netflix defenders is calling you. <laughs> and yet, and still you're there doing what you love to do. And it comes down to that kind of like having the ability to get it outside of your head and outside of your own little space and give it to somebody else and say, okay, really i was intending this is this how this is coming yes. across so crucial yes so crucial yes it um, is. It is. so thanks guys I, I think you are wonderful we we are rooting for you hopefully hopefully pitches land pros i mean I, we didn't even get to talk about pros i would love to have you on again to talk about the challenges of writing fucking pros which in itself <laughs> A that's a whole other pod yeah <laughs> i've tried writing prose and halfway through it i'm like what the fuck am i doing here am i am, no, I, that's a am I stephen thing. king or am i elmore leonard like which one am i trying to be? <laughs> how is this working out but yeah prose is a lot of fun but uh but uh, uh melissa it's wonderful to have you on you're fantastic thank you for having me um, tell the people where they can find you <laughs> thank you kevin yeah. Um, you can find me on the Twitters, on the Instagrams, um, sometimes on the Facebooks, uh, but um, mostly on the Twitters and the Instagrams. It's the same everywhere. You can find me the same literally everywhere. It's Melissa Fence, which is a play on my name because I am the Dark Witch of Desire. Um, it's M-A-L-I-S. <laughs> you're, you're very modest, too, which I like. <laughs> <laughs> so, so modest. I know my humbleness is just... It's, you know, She's going to um, change so, her name to Demons now. They need that pick. Like that. Oh yeah. so, <laughs> um, but so, uh, if I want to pick up Soundbox, where can I get that at? You can get Soundbox on, um, you can order it, you can read it, you can enjoy it, you can live it. 
and on kamikazeanimated.com, you can find me at M-A-L-I-S-S-I-F-E-N-T, Melissa Fent, on everything. That's, I, I got it. I owned it. There we go. You can find me anywhere on that. I love it. Melissa, Melissa White, people. Melissa White. Aww. Learn something. <laughs> <laughs> That was Melissa White. What I mean, she's just wonderful. She's, she's a powerhouse of emotion. She's she's an up and coming writer. Check her stuff out, and she's just she's just fantastic. She's a good person, and again, she's spot on. You can't do this by yourself. You're never going to be able to do this by yourself. Whether you have a writing partner or just another writer, you bounce ideas off of. It, she couldn't be more spot on about that. So, and she's also just a fabulous person with a lot of energy. So hopefully that comes through when you guys listen to it. Cause I mean, she is a, a joy to speak to and a, a very pleasant person to be around. And that that's another lesson uh, out there is like, that's just her. Like she's, yeah. she's not, that's the Melissa is not a persona. She is just that way. Like she's, that's what I think made us think that she was really cool. When we talked to her for the first time at Tidewater, she was just, this is her. Yeah. Uh, just like, just like this podcast is Bobby and I. This is who we really are. Like, there's not really any fronting going on. No. Except for editing. You know, there's editing. Well, I mean, you know, that's just a... Uh, that's a podcast thing. I mean, you got to edit. I mean, that's, I mean, pencils have erasers, Kevin, right? I mean, keyboards have backspaces. Not my pencils. No. But, uh, you're not using good pencils then. <laughs> no, my son needs all the erasers, actually. Well, you know, that's something that you might want to have. I've, I've tried to address that problem, yeah. But yeah, so uh, she was wonderful. Uh, just a just an awesome, awesome person. Awesome, awesome talent. So good, good for her, man. And we were we honestly wish her nothing but the best. And that's the cool part about comics because, like, when you say that, you really mean it. Like, in in some forms of life, you know, there's an asshole who works two cubicles up from you, and they get a promotion. You got to go, oh man, I'm really happy for you, but you ain't fucking happy. But in, <laughs> but in this business, in this business, you can kind of pick and choose who you surround yourself with. So when awesome things happen for them you can be honestly jazzed excited. yeah you're excited for them. you know like it happened to my to exner um we were talking to a publisher they said no to us but they said yes to one of his pitches so i was honestly thrilled for him i couldn't be happier for him um but that's you know that's that's the business man be happy for your people when they make it you know be happy when they're doing stuff because you know it comes around karma man instant karma my friends also, good feelings. Like, spread the good feelings. Yeah. Because you know? it, it should make you feel good that your friend or someone that you work with or whatever your relationship with that person is has done something well. Yeah. And it should make it – like, uh, what was what was that quote you used one time? Uh, Rising tide elevates all ships? Is that yes. What? It raises yeah. all ships. So, yeah. like, if your friend's doing well, they'll give you tips to do better. Yeah. They'll give you advice on how to do better yourself, man. It's real. It's a, and like Melissa said, it's a really great community. So wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Melissa, thank you for coming on. It's one. It was wonderful. Kevin, uh, we really got to fix this computer thing. Uh, we're going to work on that. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to work on that. And to think I almost canceled this thing. I'm glad I didn't. Cause I was sitting on my, co- <laughs> my computer for an hour. Just going, I'm glad you didn't too. 
This is ridiculous. I just restarted it. It said don't restart it. I was like, okay, fuck this. I got Don't tell me what to do, machine. <laughs> you damn computer. Yeah, but you know what? The, the Roots got me through. I was just listening to The Roots on Spotify. So. Roots, the Roots are amazing. What were you they, listening to? Uh, I was listening to, I can't pronounce it. Uh, let's see here. What is it? Uh, the Phrenology. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Phrenology is a great record. So I made it through nine tracks of Phrenology waiting for <laughs> my computer to reboot. So so I'm sorry because I was. I'm, you should have been listening to, to the next level. I um I was just going for analogy because I like I like a lot of the songs on this record I like sacrifice I like seed I like break you off and I think, great, great I think it's a good record. Uh, the, well, I, I haven't heard a roots record I don't like to be fair. It's because they don't have one. All the roots records are good. I was telling a friend of mine does a a, um, a hip hop podcast called Mister Throwback Thursday, and he's always ranking MCs. And if you don't have Black Thought in your top ten of MCs all time you are something's you're, wrong you're fooling yourself something's wrong because black thought appears on uh ghostface's uh, record apollo kids they do a song together called in the park and kevin will tell you i'm one of the biggest ghostface killer fans in the he entire is. world i love me some ghostface that's his favorite wu-tang dude black thought I mean, just, I don't want to say murderous him because that's tough. And I don't want Ghostface doing a video about me online about how I got to apologize. break your jaw, Bob Fresh. And he probably would because I have a fragile jaw. But <laughs> Black Thought is a magnificent MC. He's great. But anyway, that's neat. That's, so that's another podcast. Yeah, he is, a, he is amazing. So yes. I agree. So, Kevin, thank you so much for, for, uh, for fixing your computer machine. It's always, it's always a pleasure to speak to you, sir. It's always great to see you as well, sir. All right. Well, I'll be back next week. Listening to War Bros, guys. And we need a guest. So if you want to be a guest, just let us know. I'm kidding. We're working on stuff. It's a joke, everybody. (laughs) You're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. Thewordbros.com.